Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. All right. What we want is the Lord, amen, to encourage and strengthen you, and I... I I didn't take this lightly. I've been praying this week and seeking God. And in fact, I'm going to tell you this new year, I've, I've just, I've been seeking God to bring about a different me. Amen. Because I, I need a change. I need a change. Amen. I believe we're in the time of needing a change in our lives. And God has began to deal with me and I'm, 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 if I'm preaching to myself, if I'm teaching to myself this morning, then so be it. I hope some of it runs off on you. Amen. I'm going to turn to Psalms 102 this morning. Psalms 102. And I'm going to start at verse number 13. It's not nothing uh, that we haven't read in, uh, many times before, but... The Lord just began to speak to me this week in a special way. Amen. It is uh, the story. Amen. Praise the Lord. An overwhelming story. Amen. That, uh, amen. Of Abram. Amen. Praise the Lord. Of, of God moving upon Zion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In verse number 13. And thou shalt arise, David here, amen, and thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time, everybody said, to favor her. Yea, everybody say, the set time is come. For thy servants take pleasure in, everybody said, her stones. And favor, amen, everybody say the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord. And all the kings of the earth, thy glory. And when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute. And not despise their prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you this morning, as I come humbly before you, realizing, God, my nothingless. But God, knowing today that, Lord, I'm only the container, but you are the message. God, let me, Lord, relay this the way that you gave it to me. With anointing, with fervor, God, that would stir the hearts and the minds of your people that would encourage them and strengthen them, God, to what they're going through right now. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Just kind of look over at your neighbor, and this is my subject matter this morning. I want you to say it to them. There is a set time for your answer. You need to tell your neighbor that. There is a set time. For your answer. There is a set time for your answer. 
Hallelujah. I, I don't know whether that excites you or not, but there is a set time for your answer. There is a favored time that God says it's enough. And there will be an answer. And I want to I expound on that this morning. In fact, I want to bring verse number 13, which is my key verse. I want to bring that to you in the Amplified Version and the NIV. First of all, the Amplified Version says, You will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion. For it is time, everybody said it's time, to have pity and compassion for her. Yes, I like this. Everybody said the set time has come. The moment has been designated. Oh, glory. I don't know, but that makes me feel good. Then let's read it in the NIV. It says, you will arise and have compassion on Zion. For it is time. There we go. Oh, it is time. God feels it's right. His time is always the best. Amen. Hallelujah. Said you will arise and have compassion on Zion for his time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that there is a favored time that God has set aside for your answer. It's not that he didn't hear you. He has not turned a deaf ear to you. He hears every time you pray. But there is a time that God feels that it is right. It, oh, glory. It is a favored time. Hallelujah. And the hard thing to do is to wait in faith on God's timing. Because we in the flesh this morning, we are so quick to question God, why haven't you answered my prayer? Well, I'm here to tell you it's because it's not time yet. There is a favored time that God has set aside for your answer. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to tell you this morning that that time Amen will be the right time because God always does things on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 40 and verse 31, it says, But they that wait <laughs> upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Oh, wait there. If you began to study out that word wait, it means to bind together by twisting. Huh. All of you know how, how a rope is twisted together. Glory. In fact, let me go ahead and read another scripture before I get on that. Psalms 39 and 7 says, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. I'm going to tell you, if we could just rest our hope in God after we pray, things would go a lot better in our life. Because I don't know about you, 
But I, I, I get to the place. Do you ever get to the place you get to questioning God and saying, that God, how come? I wear, hey, I've been praying, Lord. I've been fasting. Where's the answer? When's it going to come? And, and at times, I'm sorry, but I, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one that feels this way, but if I'm not careful, I get aggravated at God. Come on, Lord. You know, you start reminding him, hey, Lord, I've, you know, I've done this and I've done that and I've tried to live right and I've tried to do right, Lord, and, and I don't understand why in the world you haven't uh, answered my prayer. Why, why, Lord, if you looked around and I, I see the world going their own direction, it seems like everything's going good for that. David was one of those, and he began to question the Lord like that. I'm going to tell you, it's the human part of us that will always question the Lord, but I'm here to tell you there's an answer. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Now, I want you to know, we talk about that rope that is... Uh, woven together in such a way that it bec- the woven rope becomes strong because it is woven together. Amen. And, and a rope does not come undone if you lay it down and don't mess with it. Come on, go with me a little while here. Walk with me, as Pastor would say. A, a, a woven rope won't come undone if you just lay it down and don't mess with it. It's when you began to mess with that rope that it will come undone. I want you to tell you, saints, this morning that our answer does not come undone until we mess with it. Glory. <laughs> you know, trying to work it out ourselves. Nobody's ever tried to do that but me, I know. You know, I'm speaking to a bunch of perfect people in here this morning that never messes with God trying to work things out for him. It's not within your nature to go ahead and do it. You just believe in God and let him do it, right? You know, when, when, when the bank statement says it's not there, then the only thing that we can do is, you know, well, God, I'm going to have to go to the bank and I'm going to have to borrow and put it there, you know. We try our best to work it out, and it don't seem to work out. In fact, it just gets deeper and worse. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. But I've watched this so many times. I I can stand here. Pastor's not here this morning. So I can stand here this morning, and I can talk about him. And, well, I guess he'll hear it, though, won't he? I'm telling you. Technology, it's not always good, you know it. <laughs> but Sister McGee and I, with over six years, pastor and his family being out on the road, we took care of the banking and we took care of paying the bills. And Brother Terry, there are so many times that I could give the Lord a great big praise the Lord, Sister McGee and I, when it looked like at the end and, and son had call and say, Dad, Mom, y'all going to have to pray. I don't know where it's going to come from. I, just, I don't see no way of it working out. But I'm going to tell you, I, I found out that watching down through those over six years that just in the nick of time, God would come through. I recently read and, and re-read, can I say re-read, revisited 
book of Jim Simbella in the early part of the Brooklyn Tabernacle when he had just began to start it there was it was a big building there was not enough saints to take care of it he come in as a young pastor uh, didn't go to a seminary uh, had not had any form or training but felt like God had put him there and and uh, he said the first month uh, when he come in and, and there is a bill, the mortgage, and don't know how I'm going to take care of it. There's not enough money to take care of it. There's, there, he don't know where the resource is going to come from. And, and he said, uh, he thought, you know, here we are. It's the very day uh, and, and it's time to pay the bill. There's no money. I don't know where it's going to come from. He, he sought God in his office, amen, that morning, laid that down before the Lord and said Lord this is not my church it's your church this, this is your people God it's not my people and, and Lord I, I'm just I'm just here, God, to do what you want me to do, what I feel like you've called me to do. And he said, Lord, I lay this before you this morning. I don't know what you'll do with it, but God, it's yours. And he said, I got up from praying, Brother Terry, and I felt like I needed to go to the post office. So he said, I went to the post office and I looked and there was nothing there. And I thought, well, I don't know why I had that feeling. But as I come back to church and walked through the sanctuary, opened the door, there was an envelope that was on the floor that had been stuffed under the door. And he said, I opened that envelope and there was the exact amount to pay our mortgage. I'm telling you, God works upstream, church. He's got your answer in the bag, if you please. Hallelujah. But he's got a set time for it. to feel the Holy Ghost feel like preaching instead of teaching almost. Oh, glory. But I've got your time right here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a set time. Boy, that fit in, didn't it? There is a set time for me to get done. It may not be your time, but it's mine. It's, it's, it's God's time. I'm working on God's time this morning. Hallelujah. So, since we've got past that there's nobody here that tries to work things out for themselves, then we'll go on. In Isaiah 49, in verse number 8, it says, Thus saith the Lord, in, listen to this, in an acceptable, everybody said an acceptable, In an acceptable time have I heard thee. Everybody said acceptable. When we pray, we need to let God decide when is the acceptable time. Oh, yeah. In acceptable time I have heard thee, and in the day of salvation I've helped thee. And I will preserve thee. In other words, I'm going to take care of you even through this time. Come on. That you're wondering what's going to happen and wondering if the answer is going to come. I'm going to preserve thee and will give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. In other words, in the time of my favor, the Lord says, I'm going to answer there is a favorable time that I've got to set aside for your answer. 
I remember back in 1995, my mother passed away. Man, I believe it was December the 3rd. I believe that's right. 1995. And Mama had prayed prayers for all of her children, all of her grandchildren. Her family, can I say. Many others she had prayed for too. It wasn't just her family. But in 1996... January, I remember a revival passing through Kingsburg Pentecostal Church. That has been unparalleled since. A move of God that God began to bring our family into church. And it was nothing more than God had heard Mama's prayers. And he said, an acceptable time, I'm going to answer them. And then I don't know, I, I sometimes wish mama could have seen it, but I'm going to tell you, mama don't care because it happened. She prayed the prayer, she left it in the hands of God, and the answer come. Hallelujah, because there was a favorable time that God had set aside for mama's prayers to be answered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the display of divine power to deliver, it is manifest that if the church has no trials, she could have no deliverance. Come on, stay with me. If the church has no trials, she can have no deliverance. God permits her to be led into straits, if you please. And he may show her how he can save and the recollection of the past of deliverances may fortify her mind against all the future difficulties. He leads us. I know sometimes we don't see how it's God, but God leads us through these trials. And, and I've always told something. A long time ago, the Lord began to speak to me in a message. And I said this. And I'll say it and probably use it a thousand times the rest of my life. I'll use it. But God never will leave you in a storm. He will never leave you in the midst of a temptation. He'll either remove the storm from your life or He will deliver you out of the storm. But He will never leave you alone. He'll go with you through your trouble. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, there is a set time. Come on. There is a set time for your answer. There is a set time for your victory. Be encouraged this morning. God is in control of your answer, and it will come. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalms 102. Verse number 14, just to recall it there. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones. Understand now, well understand what I'm saying. Thy servant take pleasure in her stones and the favor and favor the dust thereof. There is a secret embedded in that scripture there that I must bring about that I feel God wants me to work on a little bit this morning 
I want to talk about the stones and the dust. See, what you got to understand was the temple had been destroyed. And it was laying in ruins, and they were now in captivity. Come on. They were not in their homeland. They were, they were in Babylon. They were in captivity. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, the stones have fallen out of place, and they lie scattered on the ground. The dust that flies on every wind and drops back again into the crevices and heap. Stones are chipped and stained with smoke and fire and blood. And dust is the final form of great things. Come on. Every man, no matter how great that man or woman is, the very thing that he started, he ends with. He started as the dust. God took the dust, the very... Uh, uh, the, 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 can I say the, the very worst or the very lowest of things and he made man out of dust and dust you are and dust the Bible said you shall return hallelujah so here we are and this great Ephesus that had been built unto God is now dust it's nothing more than the refuse of the earth in its final form of great things the last reminder of its great glories has vanished and there's nothing left but dust I'm telling you this morning, there is a time set aside for your victory. And it may seem like that you're as low as you can get, Sister Rhonda, and there's nothing else to happen. You feel like the dust of the earth, but God can revive the stones out of the rubble. He can revive things and bring to pass what seems couldn't be. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 9-11. Amen. We all remember that happening morning. My son was out on the road. I remember that. And turned on the morning news. Here this became, become a whole day, really. Uh, and, and probably a week. It was, it was a long time that they began to talk about this thing. Amen. The attack on the Twin Towers and all of that. This great thing that used to tower above everything that now here it is and it's lying waste and thousands of people have been killed. Yet all these years later, back years, they come in and took that metal and all from... Uh, the, that building that had been destroyed, the, the twin towers there, and they began to build a ship unto that. Hallelujah. As a reminder, a man to the terrorist, and they built a warship called the New Yorker. A man put it out to sea because it was going to combat. Come on. It was going to war against what caused that. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a set time for your answer. You need not to worry. There is a set time. Come on. There is nothing especially interesting or attractive about the dust and the stones. Come on. Nothing attractive about them. <laughs> Yet the Bible said that they looked on them with favor. 
they began to look at those stones and all they could see from the dust and the stones, they had a vision. Come on. They took pleasure in her stones and they favored the dust thereof. Not that there was anything in the dust. Not that there was anything in the stones. But Brother Freddie, they could remember what it was. Come on. They could remember. Oh, they began to remember Jerusalem. They remembered, amen, the temple. Come on, church. Oh, hallelujah. They began to remember what it represented. I'm telling you, there is a set time when you're in the dust and you you seem like the stones is there and there's nothing but a heap before you. I want to remind you that that was once something and God can revive it again. He can bring it out of the rubbish. He can bring it out of the pile and make something great out of it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, most people would have not gone out of their way to even view this. It's just trash, it's rubble, it's stones, it's dust. <laughs> but they just began to remember what it used to be. Yet to a certain few, these stones and this dust became beauty. It became, <laughs> it became a natural art in their mind. They are the stones of a temple that once smoked with sacrifice and rang with resounding psalms and praise unto the Lord. It is the dust of the shrine that once reared its head into the sky and centered itself in the national pride and worship. It was a special place where they went to worship. I'm going to tell you, you never miss the water until the well's gone dry. Come on, church. You'll never miss church till church is gone. Come on. You'll never miss revival until revival is gone. And then we began to question God when God said, I've got an answer, but it's not favored right now. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hello, Moshandarabahos. Psalms 137. I want to read verse 2 through 6. Tells of part of this Babylonian captivity. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive <laughs> required of us a song. That they that wasted us and required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Oh, Jesus. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Hallelujah. There's a set time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why the stones and the dust had so much meaning. It was because they remembered Jerusalem and it became a shrine, if I can say it in a good way. To them, it became a worshiping place. It was some place that was looked to 
they prayed toward Jerusalem. Amen. Because they were now in captivity. And they remembered, Brother Terry, how it used to be. It's when people separate themselves from the Lord that they remember how things used to be. It's it's when we fall from the place that we used to be. I said fall, that means we fell. That means we're not gaining, but we're losing ground. That we remember how things used to be. Oh, glory. We have allowed Satan to bring us to a place of feeling insignificant. Glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Insignificant. He wants you to feel insignificant. He wants you to feel like nothing. Like an ant crawling on the floor. When we need to pick up the stone and use the dust, Brother Terry, because that's what it means, the dust was mortar. Pick up the stone and use the dust for mortar. Church, we need to fashion something out of what used to be. Come on. You hear me? I said, we need to fashion something out of what used to be. Come on. It may just be refuse. It may look like junk. It may look like refuge. But I'm going to tell you, by the help of the Lord, we can revive something out of the rubbish. Come on. There are some things in this church we need to speak into existence by our prayer. Come on. Instead of just settling and saying, okay, this is the way it's going to be, I need not to take that and say, okay, it's all right. I'm going to, I'm going to just accept. No, I'm not accepting it. I'm sorry. I know that there, I, I've seen this before, come on. And I know that what has been, God can revive again. Come on, I, I can tell you he was crucified on the cross and he went to the grave, but the grave did not hold him. You know why? He was revived out of the rubbish, out of the grave. From from reading about the garments that were left, it let me know that he wasn't afraid of death, Brother James. He took his time, Sister Angie Craig. He, He didn't hurry out of that grave. He folded things together. I think it was more or less to tell the old devil, I'm not afraid of you. I can walk around in death because death has no effect on me. We need to walk around in the refuse of this world. Come on. And we need to not be, not be taunted or, or haunted by it because I'm telling you, we don't have to be afraid of it. There is an answer on the way and it will come at the appointed time. There is a favorable time for your answer. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We have allowed the stones and the dust to have power over us. Come on now, you hold with me this morning. When we actually have the power to make something out of them. Let me tell you, the power is not in the stones. And it's not in the dust. The power is in us that looks at them. It's how we look at them. It's how, come on, (laughs) Oh, I need to remember what she used to be. Come on. 
I got to remember when God has moved and healed my body. Come on. I got to remember the miracles in my life and what he's done in my family. I, I got to remember all the times that God walked around in sickness and all at once it was gone because he healed it. The time had come. Oh, oh hallelujah. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. We've allowed the stones and the dust to have power over us when we've got power over them. The power, church, is in us. Come on. The answer this morning is in us. Glory. There is a time for your answer. There is a time of your favor. There is a time that God has favored you. you, you I, I don't know how to break this down anymore, but there is a time that God has favored you above all else. You're favored above everybody else. You tell me you're not. If he gives you an answer, then you're favored. That's your time to be favored. God said, I've got a time set aside for you that I'm going to favor you and give you the answer you've been praying for. He's not forgot about that. He's got a time of favor for you. There is a pointed time that he's going to favor you. Because of faithfulness, because of walking before God, because of worship, because of coming to church, no matter how you feel, there is a favored time that God said, I'm going to answer it. Hallelujah. Anybody there this morning? You're waiting on the favored time. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's when we began to build something out of the rubble. It's, began, it's when we began, Brother Freddie, to revive something out of the rubbish that then people will come and see. If you just die with the rubble and you become just like the rubble, then people's not going to come and see that because they're going to say, well, I guess that's the reason it went down. But if there's something revived out of the rubble, they're going to say, hey, there's something going on down there. I want to go see what's going on. There's something happening in their midst. God is doing some things. There's some things being revived out of the rubbish. Come on, it's no longer just stones and, and dust, but now it's mortar and brick. I'm starting to see something come forth from what used to be rubbish. Oh, Jesus. I want you to notice that God brought about the promise to Abraham and Sarah after all the hope within themselves was gone. Come on. When Abram was 100 and Sarah was 90, the Lord says, I'm going to bring forth a son. And it hit Abraham and Sarah so much that they laughed. You would too. He was a friend of God and he laughed. 
Sarah says, we're going to have pleasure at 90 years old. Can't you, can't you almost, hey God, I'm past childbearing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to revive something in you, Sarah. <laughs> Abraham, you don't understand. I can do what I want to. I've set aside a favorable time in your life that this thing is going to take place. So you might as well grab a hold of the horns of the altar. It's going to happen. Come on, there's a set time for you. Can't be done. Oh, yeah. God deals in impossibilities. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to this church several years ago. Oh, it's 2009. I don't know, somewhere around there. He spoke to it several times, you know, from different ministers. But I won't forget, man. James Chesser was here, and he spoke to this church through prophecy for about 45 minutes. And he'd tell you that this is not my forte, this is not me. It's God. He spoke to this church and said revival would come to this church in a time when nobody could take credit for it. Now I'm here to tell you this morning, church, the only way that we can hasten revival is to humble ourselves before God and pray. That's the only way we can hasten revival. And then as I began to study this and I began to think, you know, Sometimes I think God is waiting on our response in the waiting. How we take the waiting. What are we going to do while we're waiting? Are we, you know what we have a tendency to do? We become discouraged, troubled down, don't want to do nothing, will not do nothing, let up on our prayer, quit reading our Bible, and you may go to church, but you're not really there. The problem that we have in our flesh is waiting for that set time. God help us. But there is a set time. I said there is a set time. There is a set time. Glory. It's time. It's time. Everybody said it's time. It's time. When you hear that noise of the morning, you know what you do? You get out of bed. Either you get out of bed or you kick your husband and say it's time for you to get up. <laughs> Breakfast is waiting. Just get your cereal box out. Pour your milk. 
What if the Lord said, that's your answer? I'm about to close. Believe that or not, I am. I told you I was going to be aware of your time. And I want to just call your attention as I come to a close this morning. I want to call your attention to the Bible teachings that I think sometimes we overlook and don't understand, don't want to maybe understand, don't want to study, don't want to pray about. But, but they are Bible truths, and as I began to deal with these, then you'll understand. To conquer, we must surrender. To live, we must die. To save, we must lose it. To get, we must give. To reign, we must serve. To be wise, we must become fools. To be exalted, we must become humble. To be first, we must be last. We must be humble in order to be exalted. We must take up our yoke in order to find peace and rest. We must work in order to be stronger. We must surrender in order to win. We must die in order to live. And we must give in order to receive. Let me tell you, there is a set time that God has set aside for you and I. And I don't feel like that I was only speaking to me this morning. But I feel like that there are some souls that are sitting in here this morning that in your flesh you're just not sure that that answer is really yours. But if the Bible said it, and I've read scripture after scripture that proved this morning that the Lord said, I've got a favorable time for you. It's a time that's set aside that's just right for the answer to your prayer. Glory. Hallelujah. Church, we need to pray. There's things happening in this church. Somebody showed up here Wednesday night. I knew I'd recognize this person from somewhere. This person told me, I used to come to your church in Kingsburg. Been there several times. And this is what this person said. And I'm going to tell you. Not. And I heard it said, and it, it came from her, that I think it was uh, you know, having her to fill, having fill out a, a little card. And she said, I'm just a walk-in. You know what she looked? She said, I don't know whether you remember me or not, but I came to your church several times. And she looked me straight in the eye. I'm telling you, God's doing something we're not aware of, but he's doing it in the set time. 
favorable time. This person looked at me and said, I'm an apostolic backslider. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that noticed this, but I don't know if you all noticed or not, but when we called for prayer, I kind of looked up and I thought, well, they're gone. Little did I know that when, when I got up for my prayer and uh, come to the pulpit again, after the teaching of the word, this person stood up and then left. Been down praying back there. Right where you're sitting, Sister Angie. Anoint that bench, Sister. I don't feel like that was just a one-time visit. I feel like God is going to bring that person back. Let me tell you something. These that have walked through our doors and pastor in our, in our church, when was it a couple Sundays? Was it last Sunday? I can't even remember. But anyhow, in our remembrance, a couple Sundays ago, in our remembrance service, that he said, Dad, if all of the people that have walked through this church, some backslidden and stuff, since, it's, since you've been here, since April of 1990, this church would not hold them all. We would have to knock out these side rooms, and then I'm not sure. I don't think I would hold them all then, Brother Terry. Yet all we see sometimes is the brokenness and the stone and the mortar, the dust. But I want to encourage somebody. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.